This episode is brought to you by Hostfully. Using Hostfully, you can create a free digital guidebook for your listing so that you can save time creating a professional experience for every guest that comes and visits your spot. Learn more at hostfully.com. Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Welcome to episode number 270 of Get Paid for Your Pad. Today I will be covering a March news update with Margot Schmorek, the CEO of Housely, and we've got some interesting stuff to discuss. Margot, how are you? I'm great. How about you? And, and where are you? That is uh, the important question for Jasper. Where are you? I, I, I'm still in Barcelona. I'm going to stay here for a while. I, I officially live here now, so I'm not, wow. go, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. Settling down. And you are in San Francisco, which is the subject of our first news article, actually. And this is something that we wanted to discuss a couple of weeks ago, three or four weeks ago when we last spoke. Uh, but, uh, you know, we didn't quite get to it. But I thought it was really interesting because, you know, all, all around the world, all these regulations uh, have popped up and it's, it's gotten much harder to host an Airbnb. And about a year ago, San Francisco implemented these, these very strict regulations where in order to, do, to uh, rent out your place, you, you have to, it has to be your primary residence and you have to get a permit as well. And Airbnb deleted uh, a lot of listings, although some of them were, were inactive. Um, and it's really interesting uh, to read, read this article in the SF Chronicle and, and see how, you know, how the number of listings have evolved and uh, how in general like the prices and the amount, of, the amount of homes and rooms that are online on Airbnb to see how that has evolved because I think the, the model in San Francisco is probably going to copy, be copied in a lot of other cities. So let's, um, let's, let's chat about that first. And could you please, uh, Margo, could you just please repeat what, what, what are the current regulations in San Francisco? Yeah, so the current, you got it right. So basically, if um, there's a home that is your primary residence, you can rent it out using short, the short-term rental model. If you have a second home, um, you cannot rent that out. You actually have to be living in your home. So, so what has, en has ended up happening is that a lot of the rentals that were on Airbnb for short-term rentals have actually migrated to the 30-day um, uh, rent type of rental because people still want to get revenue out of those, those buildings and they, and they don't live there. Um, but the funny thing that's happened over the past few months is that a lot of the renewals of the permits have come up and the Office of Short-Term Rentals, which was just established a few years ago, it's sort of behind on processing all those applications. And a lot of hosts in San Francisco are in this weird in-between period where they applied for their renewal of their permit on time, but they did not receive the permit back on time. And so they don't know if it's okay for them to continue renting. And this article actually covers that. And it talks about how um, some of those bureaucratic things are really making it more difficult for hosts to host. And I, I think it's, you know, the whole, the whole picture for hosts has gotten more difficult and it has also for Airbnb because 
now there's a, a really bright light shown on every single short-term rental. It must be permitted. They must be paying their taxes. They must have a valid permit that's up to date. Um, and it's, it's really making things harder um, for people. And then they have to deal with all the bureaucracy. So, you know, when I think about Airbnb hosts today compared to like 10 years ago, um, we have a, a, a friend, uh, his name is Ivan, and he was renting his place in the mission about 10 years ago. And actually my mom stayed with him uh, when I had my first kid. Um, and uh, Abe, I'm sorry, his last name is Abe House. But anyway, Ivan uh, basically has said that the way that he hosts is so different compared to how it was back then. He's always been renting a room in his house, but now with all the additional regulations and a lot more rules and, and um, stipulations within Airbnb, he's not having as much of a good time hosting. Um, so anyways, it's changed a lot in San Francisco. And then when you take a step back and look at the overall number of rentals, it has really kind of capped out. So we had a, a huge flood on the market of a lot of entrepreneurial people feeling they could make a little bit of extra revenue by renting out their apartments. Um, but now the regulations have slowed that down and, and taken a lot of that inventory off the market. And now I think Airbnbs in San Francisco are considered to be a lot more like hotels in that like it's just a natural thing to look at both inventory when you come and stay here. And uh, I don't, there's been a little bit of growth. Like if you look at this article, um, HomeAway showed a little bit of growth. Airbnb showed a little bit of growth over the last few years, but it's definitely not that kind of explosive growth they saw from like 2007 to 2015 you know, kind of thing. So anyway, um, it's been, it's, it's an interesting market uh, for a lot of reasons. And I think that there even could be a better job done um, helping host communities in their local cities advocate with their governments on how to manage regulations and set policies. And I think that there are other regions that are going to be really prominent in this um, as examples coming up like Tahoe and New Orleans and New York. Um, and we talked about that last in our last podcast, right? About how New York is really cracking down and, and um, was able to find the big scammer. Basically we haven't had that kind of big case in San Francisco yet, but um I wouldn't be surprised if something came out of the woodwork. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, and uh, I just uh, heard that in Paris, you know, the the city had sued Airbnb because what happens in Paris is you you need a license uh, to operate an Airbnb now. And so what uh, what the city has done, they've taken screenshots on the Airbnb platform of listings that don't have an ID number uh, mentioned on the Airbnb uh, listing. And they've essentially said to Airbnb, like, hey, like these listings are illegal, so you have to uh, remove them. But then uh, Airbnb didn't want to do that. So the city sued Airbnb for illegal listings seeking $14.2 million. But interestingly enough, the court has actually dismissed uh, this, this claim. And the court argued that screenshots are not enough to prove that these apartments without an ID number are permanently available in Airbnb. Uh, they say maybe some of these apartments are available for less than 120 days a year, which in Paris is the rule. Uh, you can only rent out uh, your unit for 120 days a year. And so, you know, there's no way to prove that these units are, are doing more than that based on the fact that they're on Airbnb at any given time. And so, you know, that's potentially a little bit of good news on, on, the, on the regulations front. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I've, I've been able to um, connect with Greg Holcomb, which is who's the government relations director at the Vacation Rental Manage Management Association. And um, his team is looking at um, all these different regions around the world and, and sort of uh, doing some segmentation around what kinds of regions are facing what kind of legislation, legislative battles. So you'd put like New York and Paris and probably San Francisco in one category, which is like large urban markets. But then there are other markets that are more focused on like vacation destinations like, um, you know, Aspen, Cannon Beach in Oregon, the Jersey Shore, right? Um, so all the, the strategies for managing regulations and, and really thinking through what the right things to do, I'd put Tahoe in that category, the second category too. Uh, it, uh, they differ, right? It's different depending on what, what region you're in. Um, and I'm really excited to uh, learn more about that and, and hear more about how hosts are joining into communities to um, think about how they can impact legislation everywhere. So it, it'll, it'll be an interesting next you know, five years on, on that front especially. Hi, my name is Margot, and I'm the CEO of Hostfully. We are on a mission to make local travel a lot better, and we're starting with digital guidebooks to make that happen. Using Hostfully digital guidebooks, which work great on any mobile device, on desktop, and in print, you can share important property information and local recommendations with your guests. You can also save time and create a great guest experience that each traveler will appreciate. Hostfully guidebooks are very fast to make, and we've included some advanced features where you can feature your custom logo, your colors, custom categories, and essentially your brand. Please take a chance to check us out at hostfully.com. And this kind of leads into our next article that we're going to discuss, and this has to do with the acquisition of Hotel Tonight by Airbnb. There's a very good article on FocusWire that kind of argues that uh, Airbnb doesn't really get a lot of benefit out of this uh, acquisition. Um, but it talks about how, how Airbnb wants to be an online travel agency and not just a home sharing uh, platform, right? And so um, one of the reasons that the, the author of the article um, argues that Airbnb wants to become an OTA is because you know a lot of the the rental growth is is not as spectacular anymore, right? In a lot of these big cities, there's there's not a lot of growth, um, and there's not a lot of growth in the future probably because of all those regulations. And if anything, you know maybe there's there's going to be a lot of cities where listings are going to be uh, actually deleted, so listings will be going down like like it did in San Francisco like a year ago, right? So let's talk about uh, let's talk about Hotel Tonight. What what are your initial thoughts about this acquisition? Well, Hotel Tonight, um, the CEO is his name is Sam Shank. He's very well known in the travel industry for being successful at, at building travel companies, and he, um, I I think he's probably really skilled in shopping around for a deal. And so, um, but, you know, it was reported that it was a four hundred million dollar acquisition, a combination of uh, stock and cash, not totally clear on what the breakdown of that was. Um, but what I think it means for Airbnb is really adding a team of seasoned leaders to their roster as they enter um, and prepare for an IPO, which will probably happen next year because now they're saying maybe it won't happen this year. I don't think it will happen this year, to be, to be honest with you. Um, and I, I think they're adding a really valuable team. I think they're adding probably a lot of knowledge around how to merchandise and um, and and market hotel inventory, which is something they don't really they have experimented with, but they're not experts at. Um, and then I think they also do get the inventory that Hotel Tonight has and a really powerful booking engine that allows people to book last minute. So that probably like it's very 
uh, modern and scalable in the way that it's been built. And that's something that I'm sure Airbnb can find a lot of value in. Um, I do think that since this news got leaked a while ago, that the deal probably was shopped around quite a bit. Um, that's my hypothesis. I have no idea. I don't know any of these people, but um, so it's it's a little bit hard to say whether this ended up being a great deal for Hotel Tonight investors or not so great of a deal. I, I think it probably ended up being an okay deal. Um, but for Airbnb and for potential customers who want to book on Airbnb, I think that it will be, we'll have to wait and see. I think it really depends on the execution and how they decide to bring the um, two companies together and merge the inventory together and merge the, the technology together too. Yeah, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I, you know, it's, I don't know the specifics of the deal leader because they, they weren't uh, announced. Um, but what I do know is that Hotel Tonight, I got the impression it, it wasn't going so well. And they, were, they laid off a bunch of people a couple of years ago. And when you think about their model, the model is to, to sell um, hotel rooms last minute. And I think there's a lot of hotel chains that are not very happy about that. You know, they, the hotel... The hotels, they don't really like uh, when, when other hotels, you know, kind of join this race to the bottom and keep like lowering the price for, for inventory that hasn't been booked. And so it's interesting also that a couple of years ago, you know, when I first, first tried Hotel Tonight, it's probably five or six years ago, um, I quite liked it because you would be able to get like very cheap hotels last minute. And I often book hotels last minute. Um, but couple of years ago they've increased their the amount of days that you can uh, book in advance they've already increased it to a hundred days which means they're they're almost becoming like a, a regular uh, platform almost and so that tells me that that tells me that they're right I mean it, it reminds me of like a, just one of those shopping sales sites you know where it's like we're just gonna it's just an OTA but it's a, the format is like more on mobile and you know it's like flash sale but hundred days instead of that night don't you yeah. think i mean yeah exactly so it, it that tells me that our model was just not not working very well yeah. uh and and i think the reason that the model wasn't working very well is because hotels don't like don't like big discounts um you know i think that's that's quite well known in 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 the hotel um industry it's something that uh you know just just pricing the the rooms lower and lower to fill up your last minute inventory is this uh, is this something that uh, a lot of hotels just don't really uh, you know don't really support and so it was, and and a lot of bi- the big hotel chains didn't re- weren't connected to to hotel tonight and so you know the question that I have is you know now that hotel tonight is associated with Airbnb like how many hotels are still going to uh, going to cooperate with with the app uh, because I mean all the hotels all hate Airbnb. Um, so I, I can only imagine that uh, that the amount of hotels that are willing to list on Air Hotel tonight is is going to go down. Well, yeah, and it's interesting that you're focused on the supply side because I would I would actually argue that on the demand side, which is like on the consumer side, um, I don't know how many people want to book hotels like for the that night in general. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, and I wonder if that's how the deal was pitched to Airbnb to say. Hey, you know our our challenge has been reaching consumers who want to book short in a short term time frame, and um, 
and we have inventory, some inventory, but we haven't been able to scale up the consumer side of things. So if we, if we work with you, Airbnb, you have the consumer audience to reach people who are booking last minute. Cause I do think people go onto Airbnb to find something last minute and it, and it, it's really, really expensive as a consumer company to um, advertise to customers and, and get them to book with you at the last minute and just get into their mindset. You know what I mean? When they're in that short t- time frame. So I wonder if like that was part of the upside of the deal, which was like, we, you can put us in front of lots of consumers and that's how you're going to get a lot of value from this business because we struggled with that and um, we have some inventory, but the consumer, the, the demand side is, of the marketplace is really what was expensive because it, it's, it's a marketplace, right? But it, and it's really expensive to build marketplaces and it's really expensive to build consumer audiences. So I think like if you ask, you know, a random person on the street, like, oh, do you know about Hotel Tonight? I don't know if people would know. So um, you ask them if they know about some of these other companies like, uh, you know, booking.com for sure. They know Airbnb. Usually they know, right? Like they're, these are consumer brands that have been invested in over years with tons and tons of money. And I, I just think that probably hotel tonight suffered from that, that effect too. Yeah. In any case, it's a clear sign that, that Airbnb wants to, you know, not just be a player in the home sharing space, but uh, they want to be a an, an OTA, an online travel travel agency, and so they want to be able to offer you know different type of different types of accommodations. And you know, going back to that article in Focuswire, um, you know, if you ask like why does Airbnb want to do that, the offer names three reasons. First of all, the first mover advantage is over, right? I mean, it's pretty clear like Booking.com has uh, as many. Uh, Almost as many, or it's 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 a little unclear who has more listings now in in the alternative accommodation sector. But let's just say it's about the same. Um, so clearly, there's there's you know there's other bigger players that are that are jumping in the space. Uh, it's been like ten years since uh, over ten years since Airbnb started. So that that first mover advantage is not really not really there anymore. Um, like like I said before, unchecked rental unit growth is is kind of over. The the bigger cities, you can't really expect too much growth there. And then also on the on the fees front, and this is something that I find I think is really interesting, right? Because a lot of people talk about the the difference uh, the different uh, models on Booking.com versus Airbnb, right? Airbnb's business model is is charging both the hosts and the guests. So the hosts are usually just charged the, the credit card uh, fee of 3%. And then the guest fee can be, I think, anywhere between like 6 or 20% or something. The article says 6 to 10, but I think it can be more in, in certain cases. And so, you know, the, the offer argues that, uh, you know, just like in the, with the flight booking uh, uh, platforms, they, they used to charge a fee, but they're all free now. And, and you know the guest fees are are probably going to go down uh, as competition increases and as as the growth you know if you can't get much growth anymore then you have to lower your fees in to, in order to get some growth right so uh, I guess the fees are probably going down there's not much growth in terms of inventory at least not in the in the major cities and then the first mover advantage is over which means that Airbnb has to you know uh, grow. Uh, how you say that vertically or is that horizontally? Oh, I always confuse those two. Uh, they have to grow vertically because right. horizontally the, the market is commoditized, right? They're just another OTA and it's a commoditized layer in the industry. And so they have to grow vertically. That's why they're trying to go after experiences and flights, right? Right. And, and Airbnb right now uh, apparently has about 30,000 
hotels, uh, in you know, with all the acquisitions and and, and all its platform. Um, but that's a, obviously that's a very small number uh, compared to you know the likes of uh, Expedia, Booking.com, etc. Um, another interesting point that the the uh, the offer makes is that you know Airbnb is is not really in terms of technology uh, they're, they're not really gaining a lot uh, according to the offer at least they say that the technology that that the hotel tonight uh, offers is uh, is is not is not really uh, what what Airbnb needs it's it's not really gonna it's not not anything new. And so they're not going to benefit from that as much. It's kind of it's kind of funny. He says the the people that really benefit are the 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 investors in in the hotel tonight, yes. um, and I, I think that's probably true because you know like, like I said before, it looked like that company was wasn't going very, doing very well. And so if your company is not doing very well, the best thing you could do is I mean sell it now that you can get still get a, a lot of money for it before you know before it's worthless, right? Well, and so. And that's what seems. What I think that's what happened, kind of. That is kind of what happened because the sale price was four hundred million cash in stock, and the last valuation in twenty seventeen implied valuation, which is what when investors put in money and then they they say that the company is worth something, um, was four hundred sixty three million, and that was in twenty seventeen. So basically, they sold for less than their last valuation, which is a loss <laughs> because I'm sure they spent money in between when they raised and. And the and the sale as well, right? So, Absolutely. Um, so they ended up spending investors' money and then probably not giving investors back much money. But maybe some people got, like early investors ended up getting some sort of return. But it's really unclear. Yeah. And going back to uh, Booking.com, there's an article in Skift as well where uh, where one of the uh, Glenn Fogel is his name. Mm-hmm. He he's uh, is he the CEO? Yeah, I guess he is the CEO. He kind of comments on this uh, on this acquisition, and you know he's well he's not very impressed. But uh, Booking.com has uh, twenty nine million listings, and about six million of those are uh, are kind of like vacation rental home sharing type of listings, and the rest are hotel listings. So if you I mean if you compare Airbnb to to something like Booking.com, then you know Airbnb has a long way to go if it wants to compete on on the hotel level. That's right. And I think the main reason why they're doing it is, is uh, because of that IPO, right? Uh, they they don't want to be dependent on just one business model, and that's why they did experiences as well, which I haven't heard of. Uh, I haven't heard much about the experiences uh, for a long time, which tells me that it's probably not going that well either. <laughs> I totally agree with you. You know, the other thing is that Booking.com has a lot of incentive to um, say not so nice things about Airbnb. So like, you know, in terms of PR, of course, the CEO is going to say, oh, you know, we've got almost 30 million listings. Airbnb only has six. I mean, it's not so cut and dry, but he is right in that they have a ton more inventory and that Airbnb needs to find ways to have a bigger footprint if they want to make a meaningful, um, uh, if they want to make a meaningful story around growth. Because like you're saying, they just like have to increase the type of inventory that they have. The next most logical thing is hotels because what else is there? Like boats, <laughs> right? Um, 
And uh, there actually are booking platforms for renting boats. I've seen a few of those pitches. But uh, anyway, yeah, I, I think it, it's going to be um, the, the, the stage that Airbnb is in right now is all about optimizing their current business and finding one or two really solid growth models. And I think they've struggled with that. It will be interesting to see where they go next. Yeah, and uh, you know, one of the one of the benefits could be that uh, you know Airbnb is adding a a, a large user base of uh, of of non Airbnb customers, um, you know, to to their already existing user base. But I don't know. I, I feel like um, I feel like Hotel Tonight and Airbnb is you know they're both like travel apps. If somebody uses Hotel Tonight, I my gut feeling is they they're probably on Airbnb as well. Um, yeah, and also you know like, what I mean? Like it's, I don't see it as like people using hotels or people using Airbnb. I think most people use both depending on the purpose of the trip. And if yeah, you're, and if you're kind of tech savvy, then you're using both of them. No? The, I don't think that the loyalty is there with the hotel tonight users like there is with Airbnb. Like, I don't think, I, I think that Airbnb has a quote unquote loyal user base and then they're trying to add more. Right. And then there are people who kind of pop in and pop out. But Hotel Tonight, it just doesn't strike me as like having a loyal user base, like where people are coming back over and over again and booking. I could be wrong, but I, I mean, I'm in Silicon Valley. I talk to people that travel all the time. No one talks about it. So, Right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm also, I also wonder how big that user base really is because, I mean, I've, I've used it a couple of times, but uh, I'm, I'm definitely in that category of not very loyal users. I am a very loyal user of Booking.com, though, I, I will say. But hey, it's it's it was founded by Dutch people, you know, so I have to be loyal to my country. I just I just booked on Booking.com actually for a trip to Israel we have coming up. It was a tough experience, um, <laughs> like just like the consumer experience of actually making placing the booking and and also knowing what the inventory looked like. You know, really different difficult compared to Airbnb. But there's a lot more inventory. The availability was better. The prices were better. Um, so, you know, it was, it was a perfect example of like how, how this is all shaking out between the different platforms. So I if I had to, one other thing I want to mention about booking.com, like if they, you know, they have about the same number of uh, listings, but their listings are all instant, instantly bookable, which the CEO mentioned in, in, in this article, which uh, I guess, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's definitely true. Awesome. Well, that's uh, some interesting stuff going on. I wanted to also share with everybody that the Airbnb Mastery Summit is coming up very soon. In fact, it starts tomorrow, March 21st. I actually was a speaker last year. Uh, I'm not a speaker this year, but there are some other interesting people are speaking. And essentially what it is, it's, it's a three-day event. And uh, a bunch of uh, really interesting people from the industry will be speaking. So you can get a you can get a free ticket, and you can uh, watch all these interviews live. A lot of interesting people: Erica Muller from Frolio. I see Scott Shetford at AirDNA. Um, so a lot of a lot of CEOs of apps. There's Chip Conley as well, who I who I actually interviewed in episode 26. I interviewed uh, Eric Miller, who uh, is a friend of mine who organizes this. He's, he's one of the other uh, Airbnb influencers. Um, and he, I interviewed him in episode 175, actually. He runs a business in San Diego. And that was one of the most downloaded podcast episodes of all my podcast episodes. So people 
people really like listening to Eric and I always, I always look to, uh, f- for advice. So I think he always has some really interesting stuff to say. So that's also why I wanted to mention, mention his, uh, his summit because you can join for free. And so you can get a lot of great information, even though I'm not speaking, uh, the other, the other people are also very interesting to listen to. Uh, Pierre from, from smart BB is, is there as well. And, uh, he's always really busy because he, yeah. uh, he's, pretty smart guy so uh if you want to if you want to sign up for this uh i've cr- i've just created a very uh, easy link for you guys get paid for your pet.com slash summit and then it will automatically uh, uh redirect you to the website uh so uh get paid for your pet.com slash summit that's the that's all you need to do to to sign up or to go to the website and sign up it's it's free Awesome. All right. Well, Marco, thank you so much for joining. And uh, next week, of course, there'll be another podcast. And uh, in, in about a month or so, we'll do another uh, news update in, uh, in April. Sounds so, great. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And to the listeners, uh, thanks for listening, of course. If you have any questions, email me at jasper at getpaidforyourpet.com. And if not, uh, next week, there'll be another podcast podcast episode so hope to see you then Yeah.